Hello everyone, welcome to Refinery Life Australia. I'm Gary Hoban, I'm the Senior Pastor and Lead Elder of Refinery Life Church on the Gold Coast. If you're on the Gold Coast at any time, feel free to come and join us. We meet on Sundays at 9.30 at 222 Turpin Road at Labrador. And we unpack the word and, and join us for some fellowship afterwards. If you want any more details, you can have a look at our website, which is www.refinerylife.org. We hope you really enjoy this message and you get a touch from God today. So this week, we're continuing our series on Sunday evenings titled, Jesus Christ as our High Priest. The book of Hebrews, as we've said before, isn't the most popular book in the New Testament. In many ways, it's been neglected by both the church and Christians as a whole. The Jewish or Old Testament background that permeates every chapter has probably contributed to its neglect by many pastors. The book of Hebrews, though, exalts or portrays an exalted concept of Jesus Christ. And this week we're going to talk about Christ the Testator. The text we're concentrating on is Hebrews 9.14. Let's read it together. It says, How much more will the blood of Christ, who through eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And the scripture reading we're going to work through is Hebrews 9, 1 to 28. And we'll break that down this evening. The technical aspects of instituting a new covenant are considered in this chapter. The author said in Hebrews 9, 16, For where a will is involved, the death of one who made it must be established. The testator is one who affects a covenant or a testament. Each covenant has its own conditions for agreement. And these must be met for the covenant to be valid. Death on the testator's part is declared to be the condition of the covenant. When we have our will, it doesn't come into effect until we pass away. And Jesus Christ gave validity to the new covenant by his death. To fully appreciate the testator's ministry, we must have a knowledge of the old covenant. The end result of the testator's new covenant is the promise of an even greater relationship between God and humankind. Hebrews 9.28 says, So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. The old covenant was in Hebrews 9, 1-10. And a wise minister always starts with a congregation where they are and brings them to the place where they ought to be. At the refinery at the moment, the messages that God's given me to preach, most people in the, in the congregation aren't ready for it yet, so we have to build up to that. And this approach, well, this is the approach of the author of the letter of the Hebrews, he begins with the first covenant and its ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. Hebrews 9.1 says, or talks about the earthly holy place. It says, now even the first covenant 
had regulations for worship and an earthly place for holiness. And then there's the setting in Hebrews 9, 2-5. says, For a tent was prepared. The first section in which were the lampstand and the table and the bread of the presence, it is called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a second section called the most holy place. Then verse 4, Having the golden altar of incense and the ark of the covenant covered on all sides with gold, in which was a golden urn holding the manna, and Aaron's staff that budded, and the tablets of the covenant. Above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat of things that we cannot now speak in detail. The writer of Hebrews gives the physical setting of the tabernacle, the structure, its arrangement, its furnishings. They're all described in simple terms. Then there's the procedure. So we had the setting and then there's a procedure. Just Hebrews 9, 6 to 7. Says these preparations having thus been made, the priests go regularly into the first section performing their ritual duties. But into the second only the high priest goes, and he but once a year, and not without taking a blood sorry, without taking blood, which he offers for himself and for the unintentional sins of the people. The writer also presents a brief description of the procedure used by the priests to administer the things of God. An emphasis is placed on the fact that the priesthood to offer a sacrifice for himself as well as the people. And then there's the meaning of it all. Hebrews 9, 8-10 says, By this the Holy Spirit indicates that by the way into the holy place is not yet opened as long as the first section is still standing. Verse 9, which is symbolic for the present age. According to this arrangement, gifts and sacrifices are offered that cannot be perfect, or that cannot perfect the conscience of the worshipper, but deal only with food and drink and various washings, regulations for the body imposed until the time of Reformation. The first tabernacle was the only a figure of the heavenly tabernacle. The entire system of Levitical sacrifice pointed to the need for a new covenant. Since the way into heaven, or sorry, the heavenly holy of holies, was not yet made manifest, another agreement between God and humankind was thus expected. And then the new covenant comes along in Hebrews 9, 11, 28. And the new covenant was brought into being out of necessity. God's old covenant did not fail, but the people failed in their response to it. And it was founded on realism. Hebrews 9.11 talks about redemption through the blood of Christ. It says, But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, even though the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is not of this creation, Christ came to establish the new covenant on a greater and more perfect tabernacle. His ministry was not built on shadows, but on the realistic certainty of God. And it was founded in his blood. Let's look at Hebrews 9, 12 to 28. The heart of the whole matter was the testator's action. How was he to accomplish this mission, however? 
It had to be done through the shedding of his blood. He entered the holy place. Look at Hebrews 9, 12, 13. It says, He entered once and for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Verse 13, For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, Christ entered into the holy place of God through his own blood and obtained our eternal redemption. He was the ultimate sacrifice. And it purges the conscience. Hebrews 9.14 How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? The testador, Jesus, offered himself flawless as a sacrifice for our sins. Because of this, we're able to have our consciences purged from dead works and to be inspired to serve the living God. And then this seals the testament. Hebrews 9, 15 to 23. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. For where a will is involved, the death of the one who made it must be established. For a will takes effect only at death, since it is not in force as long as the one who made it is alive. Therefore, not even the first covenant was inaugurated without blood. For when every commandment of the law had been declared by Moses to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats, with water and scarlet wool and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people. Verse 20, saying, This is the blood of the covenant that God commanded for you. And in the same way, he sprinkled the blood of both, on both the tent and all the vessels used in worship. Indeed, under the law, most everything is purified with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. Thus it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Christ's sacrificial action on the cross met all demands for the new covenant. The tenet is given that under the law, most everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. In verse 22, Christ shed his blood for us. As testador, he met the requirements of the new covenant and he did so out of love for the lost humanity. And then it appears before God, Hebrews 9.24, For Christ has entered not into the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into the heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf, the testator did not minister before a man-made structure. But upon his death, he went to appear in the presence of God for us. And one time was sufficient. Hebrews 9, 25-28 says, Nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own. For then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. 
But as it is, he has appeared once and for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it was appointed for man to die once and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. In contrast to the priests of the Old Covenant, the Testador, Jesus, of the New Covenant, needed to suffer only one time. Look at verse 28. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. He's coming back for his church, folks. And then there's a future relationship, which is in Hebrews 9.28. The relationship of the future cannot be called a covenant because Jesus Christ, the testator, will not die again. Yet there's a glorious future for those who believe in Christ. The promise to the expectant. A promise is given to those who expect future happiness through Christ. The present covenant involves sin. The new covenant required Christ's death to deliver humankind from sin. The future relationship, however, is without sin. The future relationship will not involve sin. Jesus will not come to minister to a sinful world. He's coming back for his church. Rather, he'll return to rescue his redeemed for eternity. As we finish up today, think about this. The horror of Jesus' death as tested or emphasizes his love and our shame. The hope of his second coming emphasizes his love and our honor. I want to encourage you today to be diligent with your Bible study time because you can get so much more Well, he's got so much more for us than just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because he is a redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for him. And he wants to make you whole, spirit, soul, and body. And you're important to God and you're important to us at the refinery. When it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal his promises directly to you. So whatever you're concerned about, Whatever you need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. Until next time, stay in the blessings.